Well, hey, welcome everybody to uh, the new episode of this po- <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> this podcast where we, uh, for us at Calvary Alliance Church here in Cincinnati, uh, this is an opportunity for us just to continue the discussion of uh, what we're talking about as a church. And currently we're going through a, a season studying the life of Joseph, found at the, the tail end of the book of Genesis. And um, the the nature of the discussion today uh, really is, is just going to be kind of a, a recap of what Pastor Dave preached this past Sunday. Uh, and then maybe like a little bit of a deeper dive into some things that he shared that maybe... Uh, he would want to expound on or just different thoughts that maybe Mike and I have uh, that just to add to, to what he shared. And, and again, all for the hope of continuing the discussion uh, for, for our church, uh, just of what God's sharing to us and what we believe he's, he uh, is trying to teach us through this study in the life of Joseph. So, Mike, thank you for being with me today and, and also joined with by Pastor Dave. Thanks for being here today. Hello, hello. And we, um, I will say this though, uh, just to, to put in perspective our discussion today, Mike and I actually weren't here this past Sunday to hear Pastor Dave's message. It's community service weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trying we, to keep us out of prison. <laughs> we were uh, actually asked and given the opportunity to speak at a uh, one of our sister CMA churches up in Franklin, Carlisle area of Ohio and do you two go everywhere together? Yeah. Like you're one person. I I, I think so. Well I feel that way. Do you feel that way? I Today think. you're even dressed in the same colors. Um, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> well Spencer has a real affection for all things me. So There you go. It's hard to <laughs> when you got it, you got it. Listen, that's it. That's it. You just got him. I understand why Patty fell in love with you, man. That's, that's Don't all they it call is. that a bromance? Yeah. I just, you know what? I like everywhere. <laughs> I'm a people person, so everywhere I go, I like to have a my crew with me. And just so happens that Mike uh, is always available. I'm, just, I'm like the only person that's willing to be on your crew. That's, that should concern me. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Um, so anyways, well, let's just start here since, since Mike and I weren't here this past Sunday, uh, why don't you just give us a kind of a quick recap of what you preached Sunday and then, uh, maybe we'll just kind of see where okay. spirit leads the discussion. After well, that. that was, that was 24 hours ago. <laughs> Lots happened in the last 24 hours. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking about Genesis 40 and 41 and, um, um, the uh, just uh, Joseph is now in prison, and he gets a couple new cellmates. The baker and the cupbearer for the king are are uh, sent to into jail. They've ticked the king off, Pharaoh, and and um, they're in jail for a while. And then they start having these dreams, and Joseph interprets their dreams. And through the interpretation, the cupbearer goes back to his service to the take the king, but the baker ends up getting hanged. And yeah. and uh, Joseph saw all that in their dreams. And Joseph basically says, hey, when you get back, you know, tell the king about me. Remember, I don't deserve to be down here. Well, the cupbearer gets back in the king's, you know, in the king's court and occupying there and, and uh, doing his job, but he totally forgets about Joseph. And it says two years later, 
that he literally he remembers Joseph wow. because Pharaoh had a dream of of these giant cows, seven giant cows that were eaten by seven scrawny cows and seven giant ears of corn that were eaten by by these little sun scorched dried up ears of corn and yeah. and Joseph saw the the you know, the cupbearer said, hey, there's a guy, my, my celly in jail, my cellmate <laughs> was, uh, he said, he can, he can interpret your dream. And so they call for Joseph and uh, Joseph comes, interprets a dream, says you're going to have seven years of fam or seven years of great crops, bumper crops, and then you're going to have seven years of famine. That's what the dreams mean. He says, you're lucky, Pharaoh. God's showing you this ahead of time. Yeah. And so he says, you need to store up one-fifth of all the grain for those seven years. And then exactly that's what happened. But the cool thing is that God used all that stuff to... Pharaoh basically says, hey, Joseph, there's nobody wiser in Egypt than you. You need to lead this thing. And Joseph becomes the guy, you know. he, yeah. he All of these circumstances makes Joseph second in command now to Pharaoh, and then it sets us up. It says all the world starts coming to Egypt for food, and all because Joseph was able to interpret this dream... And it sets us up now for what we'll talk about this Sunday in Joseph's brothers coming yeah. to him to get food. And But we talked about how God is continually quilting together the events of numbers of people for the best for his children. Wow. And, um, and so in the providential hand of God, he knit all these circumstances together to put Joseph in the exact right place. Uh, for Joseph to save not only, I mean, like all the world, yeah. but to save his own family and per, to the propagation of the children of Israel. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Um, is there anything that you uh, like would like to expound upon, maybe that you didn't hit yes or on Sunday? Rather? Well, yeah, I'd like to just reiterate something that yeah. because I hit it all. Yeah, I never miss. <laughs> But, oh, got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one's questioning we that. Have this, we understand. <laughs> we had this great discussion in our small group last night. You know, we have the, the discussion group based on the reading plan and then what yeah. we talked about in the sermon. And, and one of our guys brought up, and I thought this was such a profound point. He says, hey, we never read in anywhere in the life of Joseph after he becomes second in command you know, he's he's like the most powerful guy in Egypt now. He never goes back and exacts revenge on Potiphar or Potiphar's wife or right. all that. You know, all these kind of... I mean, number one on my to-do list, the Monday I become second in command, is to go find Potiphar right. and say, you're going down, brother. Yeah. Um, Joseph never does that. But he named his sons. The names of his sons were Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh means forget, and Ephraim means fruitful. Right. And so he was. He forgot his past. He forgot the land of his father. He forgot all the bad stuff that happened to him. And then he was fruitful where he was. And so it was yeah. just such a beautiful picture of both the the, the nature of being able to forget. C.S. Lewis, and forgive me, I, I, I'm talking too much, but C.S. Lewis says that he believed hell is a place where we never forget. Hmm. We'll never forget any wrongs, any slights, any angers, any bitternesses, he says, you'll carry that for eternity. And imagine how miserable that is. Wow. But heaven is a place where everything's made new, so we forget all of that stuff. And so that's Joseph. You know, He was able to forget those things. Wow, that's good. Wow. Mike, any thoughts? I, uh, when I listened to the, to the message, I, 
I, I did have a, a thought and you had mentioned luck and then you mm-hmm. said, well, but we don't believe in luck. We believe in providence. And I thought if there, well, if there's ever an example in the Bible of someone who was living a life of and experiencing God's providence, mm-hmm. it was Joseph. But then I got to thinking, you know, I really believe that we're people that have, that God has given us free mm-hmm. will. Sure. So, you know, I, I always have the internal question and struggle, like where does my free will stop and where does providence start or how far does providence reach and how much free will do I actually have? Does that, yeah. that question make sense? It, it does. Uh, and Spencer's got a great explanation for that. My, my explanation for that is that there is, the Bible says that God is mysterious <laughs> and that that is one of those things <laughs> that we will never understand. I think that there is a beautiful balance of yeah. sovereignty, providence, and free will. Uh, that we'll probably never understand. I, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And uh, I, Warren Wearsby used to say there are lots of family secrets when you're a Christian. And one of the family secrets is that is that one that God chose you before you chose Him. Yeah. I mean, that's a mind blower to me. Right. How do we figure that out between right. free, free will and, and the sovereignty of God and providence? And number two is that you know God is sovereign and in control, but we as people still have freedom. Um, there, I don't think there are any perfect human analogies for how all this works, and a lot of it we have to accept by faith. But one of the best I've heard was when A.W. Tozer explained sovereignty as, you know, you, you picture a, a giant cruise ship leaving the the. Uh, uh, coast of England, and its course is set for New York City, for the harbor in Manhattan. Yeah. And regardless of—now, there, there there might be a few thousand people on that ship, but regardless of what those people and the choices they make, that ship is destined to make it to New York because that's where it was set to go. Yeah. Now, all those people on that ship, they can choose to, to do all they want to do, then go do you know different—all kinds of activities, everything they want to do— they can do on that ship, but nothing they're going to do will divert that ship from its destination. And its destiny was make it to New York. I think the same thing is true with us when it comes to free will and, and providence and sovereignty, that God has a destiny for the universe, uh, for, for mankind, for his people, and we're walking, we're, we're continuing to move toward that conclusion. But in the midst of that, uh, we have freedom to make all kinds of choices. And um, uh, how God makes all that stuff work together, and I think that's it is. I think it's a, it's a mystery that's up to God that someday we'll understand. But I also believe it, it gives us a great deal of security knowing that um, our God is still sovereignly in control, even when I completely screw up. Yeah. You know, he's, he's there to kind of put it all back together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say... Um, Your answer was much better than Spencer's, by the way. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Thank you. Well, he put me on the spot. I didn't yeah. have time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, now, that I, now that I have time. <laughs> you look like you, you looked a lot like Kevin Hart when you said that. You put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where I get my inspiration <laughs> for all things. No, let me... Uh, I would like to say this, um, and I don't. This doesn't really answer the question, uh, or or the. This isn't necessarily a side of the debate when you think about free will and and providence, 
but I think a lot of people utilize or use um, providence or the sovereignty of God as a reason to just not do anything because they think that God will just do it for them. Or, I mean, and then I don't want to, I don't think we necessarily need to go deep into this argument or this debate, but, you know, you, like you could throw in free will and the elect. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the elect. And so there are a lot of, of Christians that think, hey, we don't need to do anything. We don't need to evangelize. We don't need it because God's already chosen who's going to accept him at some point. And I, I just think that that mindset is totally wrong because there is so much action in the Bible that Jesus gives us as followers of his uh, to go out into the world around us and the community around us to be the love and light of Christ. And so I think there's, there's wherever we want to try and, however we want to try and explain sovereignty and free will or providence, um, I think in the midst of all of that, we still have been given a mission to move forward on as God's people uh, to be active in seeking him, pursuing him, uh, pursuing the life and, and living the life that he's called us to live in and also pursuing the action of evangelism or mm. being the love and light of Christ to the people around you. I would just be, I would be weary I feel like I always have to throw that in there because I think a lot of I've had conversations with Christians, but with Christian leaders before that say that have come to the conclusion that they really can just be complacent about life because they know God's in control. And I think that is totally wrong. You're going to miss out on so much that God wants to do in you and you're going to miss out on what God wants to do through you. Um, does that does that make sense? It does, and you've redeemed yourself a little bit because my next question was, <laughs> how do you address apathy yeah. among Christians who who just say well, God's sovereign or God's in control or yeah. whatever God wills? You know, how how do you address that with people who are generally apathetic toward their plight because they believe that whatever happens, God's going to do anyway? Well, first of all, it's patently disobedient. Right. Because God has told us that we're to be we're responsible for the gospel now. Um, you know, Jesus has uh, the last thing he said to his disciples was to go and make disciples. You know, that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon us, and we would be His witnesses. And you know, as as Christians, we a lot of times we want to use the 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 Holy Spirit for a lot of personal stuff. You know, yeah. I I want to be deeper in my prayers, and I want to get my prayers answered, and I want this, and I want that. When Jesus, first of all, said the Holy Spirit is going to cause you to, you know, his, his challenge to you is going to be a better witness. And, um, and so there's genuinely a purpose in that. And, uh, and then if we, and so if we choose not to follow God's purpose, then we're choosing a, uh, a deficient life. You yeah. know, we're choosing a life that's second rate. And so who wants to live that as a Christian when we can live so much more? Yeah. And I think, too, and I even mentioned this uh, preaching up at the church in Carlisle um, this past weekend. A lot of times um, when, and let, let's maybe even step away from the whole act of evangelism or act of witnessing. I think even apathy can set in for people that, that just like seemingly don't care about life at all because they just think God's going to carry them through whatever. 
um, I would I would challenge that. But I, I think that there's a difference between apathy and resting in in the presence of Jesus and the finished work of Jesus. I think we also have to recognize that there are some people that while while they may s- seemingly be apathetic, I think it's it's uh, something you could challenge just to make sure that they're actually just resting in a recognition of the power of Jesus in their life. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that, that doesn't necessarily answer your question. I think Dad probably answered it more as far as what you were getting at. But I think, too, uh, making sure that, that people recognize that apathy is wrong, you know, but a similar posture, but the complete opposite would just be resting in, in just a, a recognition of the power of Jesus and the control he has. I dig it. That's fair. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, another thing that I always want, I always look at in the Bible and, and when I think about this, this whole, and I don't want to say debate cause we're just really having a discussion, right. but when we talk about apathy and providence and free will, every time I see God move or change directions or do something really awesome in scripture, he chooses to partner with us to do it. Right. And everybody has to, mm-hmm. everybody's had to take that step, that step out in faith. Like Abraham didn't know where he's going, but he just, scripture just literally says he went, left, you know, yeah. the disciples dropped everything they were doing, went with Jesus. When Jesus left, they started not really it's knowing. Silly, Some of yeah. them still doubting and they just still started. And then, yeah. and then uh, everything, you know, history changed from there. So in my mind, there's always this, this big action step. Like I think, yeah. You know, God may be in control, but he's asking me to do something and start Absolutely. moving. Yeah. So uh, in the in that same regard, I love the fact that in um, Genesis uh, 41, not only did God reveal the vision to Pharaoh, he confirmed it by giving it to him again. And then he brings in Joseph, who interprets it. And then they put a plan together, and they con- he just continues to reveal himself again, more and more. Yeah. Joseph, here's where we're going. Here's what we're going to do. Joseph's able to set the plan in motion. Hey, Joseph, this is going to have. And then as you, as you continue you know, into 42, 43, 44, we see that that plan just continue to you know, have significant effect. And it's in the midst of God who is continually revealing uh, the, the next step of his relationship with his people. And to, for us to, to continue to, in that security, we've got to stay in a, in a constant sense of, as you call it, resting. Um, I love, love the thought of staying in flow with God, you know, that, that idea of, you know, in constant communion, in, in constant, we're staying in the Word, we're staying in prayer, we're staying in community with God's people. One of the heartbreakers for me right now, you know, I love live streaming and the fact that we can reach people. I, I sent both my sons texts this morning, hey, I watched your live streams last night, and, you know, as, as I went to bed, you know, it was kind of cool to watch both of them doing what they do, and, and I, so I love the idea of live streaming. But one of the things that kind of breaks my heart with live streaming is we were getting comfortable now being disconnected and we lose, uh, you know, a part of the, it's like, you know, living, 
going from surround sound to an AM radio, you, you have all these avenues of sound from God. And then you start cutting off some of those sounds when we disconnect from the community, mm. from the community of God's people. Right. So, you know, being in that continual flow and in that continual discussion and, and God continue to reveal his plan in us through those various things, um, you know, it's an exciting thing as we live in the revelation of, of Jesus as he moves us. And, you know, as Christians, we should feel, you know, like we're not firing on all cylinders when we're you know, choosing to, to step away from some of those very simple aspects of our faith. Right. That's good. Um, I got this picture, too, I think, of connecting this whole idea of, of uh, you know, the apathy piece and, and providence and free will to this the story of Joseph and, and, a, and exactly what you just said, but a rec- recognizing that God said, okay, here's where you're at, and in seven years, famine's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was up to Joseph and, and Pharaoh to put a plan together to make sure they were ready for mm-hmm. what happened in seven years. Right. If they just sat back and said, okay, God told us what was going to happen, but they were just apathetic and said, God's going to take care of us anyway. Then in seven years, they wouldn't have been ready for mm-hmm. the famine. And I just think that that's probably a, an interesting, I mean, there's probably a lot of things in our life, a lot of, of, plans in our lives that we could say okay god's given me an idea for what might happen in the future um but if we just sit back and wait for that moment then one it might pass us by or two we might not be ready for it yeah so i love that analogy of the ship coming for the the cruise ship going from england to new york and that was the destination but we have the free will to choose what to do in the midst of that Hmm. Uh, of that route and as long as it wasn't the Titanic yeah that would yeah. not have been good now now that ship definitely <laughs> <laughs> thank you brother God Mike. had other plans for that ship <laughs> that's not funny was, that wasn't that wasn't Providence was it <laughs> that was you know somebody wrote inside the hall not even God can sink this ship you know you heard that story right that no. inside the Titanic when they were building it Somebody spray painted on the inside of the the really? hull of the ship. Not even God. It said, said something like that. God can't even sink this ship. Wow. They thought it was unsinkable. Don't tempt him. Yep. Right. So, right. That's all I'm saying. Really? <laughs> Let me. <laughs> well, cool. Um, any any last thoughts as we wrap this up today? Any final thoughts? No, other than um, Grace has develop quite a few different noises that I hope come through on the podcast. Grace as in my dog Grace. Correct. Who is sitting with us today. Not <laughs> not the grace of Jesus. <laughs> well yes. yes, my dog is is uh <laughs> who knows what she's doing. As the old song says, these discussions range deep and wide. <laughs> cool. All right. Anything else? Any last thoughts? Nope. Yeah well thank you for uh being with me today and having this discussion uh, as always for you listening we, we hope that that um, our discussion today is just an addition to what you're already talking about uh, within your community and, and reading and, and the time with God and, and the word and 
Uh, we just hope that this would be a supplement, an encouragement, and maybe even a challenge to some of you uh, as we continue to pursue relationship with Jesus together. So thank you guys for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk with you soon.